This is Two Girls, two One girls, Ghost. One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hi. And I am Sabrina. Hey. And this is an Encounters, Encounters. episode. Which is where we do zero research. Mm-hmm. We just pick out a few emails from all the emails you guys have sent yep. us with your own stories and encounters. And we read them. And we read them to you guys. And then we give you our thoughts. And I would argue, as I've argued in the past, that these are the scariest types of episodes. Yes. They're also really fun. I I like doing them just because I don't get to read all the emails and neither do you. So it's fun to see the emails I've missed. I know. And too, it's just cool to see how many different kinds of experiences or different ways that the spiritual world connects with other people. Yeah. Yes. Or how people think there are lots of ghosts in the world and sometimes there are reasonable explanations, which are a lot of the stories I chose this time. Uh, I, I want to know them right now. <laughs> oh, happy delayed mother's day to all the mothers out there. And to me because I'm a cat mother. So yesterday was mother's yes. day. Today is Monday. We're recording on yep. Monday. And my brother had not heard some of the stories that my whole family has with different like paranormal stuff or aliens or weird creatures. I've told you about my experience with Champ in the lake. My brother had never heard it before. How has your brother not heard them? It's selective hearing. He just chooses to not. Did you just take a picture it's of It's just me? so funny because it looks like you have a crown on behind your head. <laughs> you smiled as you did it too. You're like a little mom. I'm a paparazzi. <laughs> um, but we just went into all these stories and my mom told us some new stories too of when she was growing up in Spain how they would see basically UFOs in the sky. And they had lived on a military base when they were in Spain. And she recently visited some old friends that were, Uh that they had met in Spain. And one of their sons is a pilot for the military. And? And he gets really weird and doesn't want to talk about it when they bring up aliens. He's always like, what are you talking about? No, I've never seen anything. When you're that defensive about their existence, there's something up. I think it means there's something. I think that's proof. We should do a whole episode about aliens. <sighs> a little favorite topic. change up episode. I've been trying so hard to get my family to watch. <laughs> they say no to all of my TV suggestions <laughs> when it's nighttime and we're like, let's watch a, a show or a movie. So they, that's kind of how you are with me when I suggest TV shows to you. <laughs> that's true well because i sometimes i don't like I them know. but they don't like my suggestions either it was like let's watch alien conspiracy documentaries and they said no and then i said let's watch neanderthal documentaries <laughs> they said no so so you'll be watching those by yourself wait i have to tell you <laughs> i just realized because i ran to our window so we have a peeping tom but it's not what it's not the way you... is this the guy that left the no, no, no no okay i should call it a peeping tommy because it's a little boy who lives Aww. next door. And the other day I was getting ready to go out. And um, all of a sudden I see Leia in the window, like kind of freaking out and 
sticking her head like out trying to like see something and all of a sudden i see a hand on the on the screen and it's this little boy who i guess had seen leia from the sidewalk that's so cute and then i was like what do you see leia and he got so spooked and like ran but (laughs) then he came back i was like no you can say hi but then i was like shoot i probably shouldn't have said that because now he's gonna come to my window all the time yeah, and too, you have to teach him stranger danger. It's not okay, even though you're a nice person without his parent. And then I saw him yesterday, and I think he gave me a weird look because I think he may have seen me naked. Welcome to the world, little <laughs> boy. This is what people look like. No, now I always put a towel of robe on in my bathroom before I leave it for Tommy's sake. For little Tommy's sake. We have, I uh, rent from a family. I live, they live in the same house as me, but I rent the bottom apartment and gianni is a little boy that's my sister's boyfriend's name really we call him johnny well gianni's so he's so adorable and in the summer he'll i actually heard him do it the other day when he's playing out in the side yard he'll come up to the door that leads to our apartment Mm -hmm. and he'll knock and he'll he'll yell ghouls ghouls come out ghouls oh ghouls he's so adorable cute it sounds like he's saying ghouls maybe he sees ghosts there haven't been girls who lived in that apartment for 40 years. And so you're admitting to being a ghost, Corinne. I'm not admitting to but anything. But you look good if you're a 40-year-old ghost. What if my whole family is a ghost? A, go- a, a ghost. ghost. One, one single ghost <laughs> split up into four people. It's a really powerful ghost. Wait, should we say our news? I think we should. I think you should say it because you've done the most work okay. on it. Everyone. Guys. Girls. Ghouls. And flies. And cats and dogs, everyone. We have merch coming out on Sunday. We're going to release it with our regular episode. So Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. No, Pacific time. 9.30 p.m. Eastern, yes. 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Yes. Sorry if you're in mountain time. I don't know what that would be. Just figured out. That would be 7.30 mountain time. Mm-hmm. 8.30 Central. Thank you. If you're in Arizona, I have no idea what time you're in. Yeah, you guys have your own rules. You have aliens and you... No daylight savings. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm kind of on board with, but that's for another day. Um, But yeah, so we have merch coming out and we're really excited about it. We have some cool designs. And as we said, when we release it, we're just going to keep coming out with new designs when we have them ready. Roll it out. Woo! And if you are a patron on our patreon make sure you check out your private conversation boards i don't know what to call them we will give you your discount codes if you are in those tiers Hada. big things are coming the time has come who wants to go first um i'll go first this is from Alyssa. she writes hey ghouls oh my gosh oh my gosh ghouls girls Hey ghouls, loving your podcast so much as I've been fascinated by the paranormal since I was in elementary school. Message boards were new and hip at the time, and I'd come home after school and scour other people's stories of paranormal for hours on end. That sounds like what I do now, (laughs) especially with our Facebook page. Eventually, I got what I was looking for and ended up with my own ghost. My uncle committed suicide the summer before I entered second grade. We were extremely close, and this hit me really hard, which he must have known. 
Soon after his death, I would hear knocks on my window, which was always his way of letting me know that he had arrived at our house before he had passed away. My room was in the very front of the house and the window was right before the front door. I also started seeing a figure in our hallway or in the bathroom, which I always assumed was also him. This continued for years, but I never spoke of it for fear of upsetting my parents. Wow. Because his suicide was a touchy subject, photos of my uncle were put away. Seeing his face or hearing his name was hard on all of us for quite some time. At the time of his passing, my sister was less than a year old. When she was around four, she came running to my mom, screaming, There's a man in my room! Again and again. My mom gathered us quickly and rushed us out of the house. With phone in hand, she asked my sister to describe the man so she could describe him to the police. My sister said he had red hair, freckles, and he wanted me to tell you that he loves dad. Oh, my gosh. We're starting with a heavy hitter. My mom immediately knew it was my uncle, who was my dad's brother. My sister would have had to have an excellent memory to remember someone from before the age of one, and we all knew she couldn't be making it up. I told my mom I had also seen him and heard knocks on my window, and she admitted that she had seen him the night of the funeral. She woke around 3 a.m. because she felt some something on her shoulder when she rolled over she saw a misty figure somewhat hovering above my dad in bed the figure darted down the hall as soon as she saw it (sighs) chills 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 this whole story we had all been holding these sightings in for years for fear of upsetting one another my dad then became obsessed with seeing his brother oh as he had not yet seen him the whole family saw except for dad he would leave voice recorders around the house, purchased a Ouija board, etc., but to no avail. To this day, he questions why he never saw my uncle, and it breaks my heart. Once we moved out of that house, I never saw my uncle again, but have seen slash felt many more spirits since. I have so many other stories, but I will save those for later. Thank you for sharing your stories and those of others. I look forward to each episode, and I can't wait for the next. Stay spooky, Alyssa. Wow. Wow. I wonder if the uncle has appeared to her dad in different ways that maybe are simple and easy to miss. Right, maybe. Because especially, too, since it was her dad's uncle, it could be almost, I don't want to say too close to home, but it might have been the hardest hitting on him to have seen the spirit. Like, I wonder if the uncle just avoided presenting himself to the dad for fear that it would yeah like trigger him in a bad way or even if i feel like you know when someone sees a ghost and they or like a fam a loved one comes to them and they say they like freak out they get scared or they say like oh my gosh don't scare me like that i think spirits have some type of intuition in knowing how to appear in a way that doesn't terrify the person that they're trying to send a message to. That's that's why I feel that's like a lot true. of people experience it in their dreams because I think that's easier to digest than a physical manifestation of a ghost. I believe that too, especially when it's a loved one because right. their intention is not to spook you. It's to give you comfort. Exactly. And if they present themselves in the wrong way and do spook you, that's it's like the story that we read last right. time where the twin brother of the girl appeared 
but he did spook her and so he didn't present himself the same way in that full body apparition ever again because he He didn't didn't want to upset her her. yeah that's so difficult and i imagine her dad is so heartbroken it i mean clearly he tried all these things and nothing worked but i just the part where he had red hair freckles and he wanted me to tell you that he loves dad Uh, oh my gosh break my heart and little kids but also so special and i just love that little kids are so unaware of the significance of that until they're older and yeah i wonder too if maybe the uncle targeted the youngest knowing that it would be solid proof right that he was there and had a message because it's not someone who knew him just maybe imagining things right. or being able to try to explain it away there was no explanation oh, behind he loves the youngest dad. sister he loves dad brotherly love wow okay what do you have to give us okay this is from amanda And she says, the subject line is new home, fake walls, and a demon question mark. Hey, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Amanda, or you might know me better as Tater. Oh, she's the one who's been doing all those fun, um, the fairy odd parents drawing. Oh, oh my gosh. Ghosts. I love that drawing. That was so fun. So fun. And she is always tweeting at us. So she said, as I have been the one tweeting you with all the weird stuff that happens when I listen to you both at work. LOL. Totally worth it. Have I got a story for you? But real quick, I wanted to say, love your podcast. It's one of my favorites. I was searching for a new podcast on another Facebook group and someone recommended Two Girls, One Ghost, which I thought was the best name ever. And Sabrina actually (laughs) invited me to come listen. So thank you for that. So I want to give you two stories. One spooky and one that will give sucker punch you with, sorry, one spooky and one that will sucker punch you with some feels. So close your closet, turn on your lights. Pull your kitty in fruit fly close because here we go. Oh, my God. So cute. <laughs> I am loving this already. I know. Okay. So my wife and I just bought our new home a few years back. We bought the home to help take care of our grandparent, take care of her grandparent. So most of the stuff in the home at the time was theirs. You know, the type of stuff that already gives you the heebie-jeebies, like old dolls, guns from wars, mm-hmm. photos of people no one knows, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. <laughs> So I just got off work. Wait, I just have to say, my dad did a total dad joke the other day. <laughs> I love dad jokes. If like it's jokes just were not hitting home. I asked him to hang up some frames and he goes, oh, who's the girl in the photo? I said, that's the stock photo. And he was like, oh, I was trying to <laughs> It wasn't funny. So. I would have laughed at it. I love dad jokes. I was jokes. like, um, are you okay? <laughs> Dad jokes and puns are the way to my heart. Well, you would love my dad then. He's full of them. He thinks that they're new and fresh, though. So when we don't laugh, he's like, do you get it? How are, do you get it? And we're like, yes, but we've heard it 500 Five times, times from all the other dads on the internet. My favorite dad joke is the when I like when we were kids, I'd say, I'm hungry. My dad'd be like, hi, hungry. I thought your name was Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> so lame, but I love it. Okay. <laughs> i have to say another thing i saw today on instagram it was really cute someone had tweeted photos of her like four-year-old daughter huh? and the lady wrote she may look really cute but today a woman asked what her name was and she responded butt crack <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
Oh my god, that's so funny. That's even cuter. Butt crack. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> butt crack. But also, she knows stranger danger. Don't tell a stranger your name. Good girl. Yeah. Okay, okay. Back to Amanda's email. So I just got off work and I was headed to the old place to pick up some stuff. And then I get a call from my little brother, a close friend that's like my brother, who was there at the house helping and he's panicked. Sis, you gotta come home right now. At this time, it's only the two of them there. So I tried questioning to figure out what's going on. The only reply I got was come home now, please. So being the good sister, I turned around and headed home. Now this place is kind of in the woods in a small cul-de-sac. The sort of places you don't really need to lock the doors. The neighbors are quiet. There's a cop at the end of the drive. So I go to open the door and it's locked. I gave them a text to have them come open the door, which they replied, no, you have a key. So after fumbling around my car for a little bit, I finally came back to unlock the door to a completely dark house. I went down the hall where my brother's room was to find the door locked, which was weird. So I knocked and I could hear him yelp as they asked, who is it? I said, really, guys, it's me. Open the door. After a few moments of me convincing them it was me, I heard shuffling and then the door open. Now, I would like to take this moment to point out the fact that if this was a horror movie, my brother and wife would be that w- the ones that run upstairs and not outside the front door. <laughs> <laughs> they had barricaded themselves in the room, and as soon as I got in, the door was quickly shut, barricaded once again, and locked. Then my brother proceeded to tell me how they heard pounding on the walls, not like tapping, but like something was trying to break through the wall. Before we bought the house, there was an old lady who was renting it and she was sick. I don't think she died in the house, but we don't really know. The original homeowner's wife died and that's why he was selling it. So they were convinced that there was some sort of ghost in the house and they thought it was the old lady. I proceeded to tell them that barricading themselves in the room was dumb because ghosts could go through the walls. (laughs) my brother then proceeded to show me how loud it was he took his fist and slammed it on the wall three times after the third time there was a fourth knock (laughs) now i am not a skeptic i firmly believe in ghosts i've had way too many weird things happen from hearing a car door slamming at 3 a.m with with no one around and watching a heavyweight punching bag take off swinging by itself in large circles and then stopping or having boxes thrown at me at work by our friendly Domino's ghost, Toby. So at this point, I'm on full ghost hunter mode. So I decided to step outside the room. Both of them latched onto me like little monkeys. They didn't want to be alone in the room. <laughs> we, so we determined the sound was coming from our spare room. I proceeded to search everything. I'm looking at the carpet to see if it's torn up, where there could be a cellar door or anything against the windows that could have made the sound in the wind. Then I look in the closet. And the far wall looks weird after I give it a closer look. I noticed that there are six screws holding it together. I tapped on the wall and realized there's a hole. I was guessing maybe a wild animal or bird was in the wall or something. Not that there was a gateway to hell in my closet. (laughs) I head out to the living room, grab a screwdriver, and come back. One screw pops out, two, three, four, five, then the last one, number six. It, It slowly pulled away the fake wall, and what I saw to this day still brings tears to my eyes even writing this now. I moved the wall all the way out to find out what was making that horrifying sound. The water heater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, the build-up to that. I know. (laughs) The water had just been turned on. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Were you sweating? Yes. 
I literally tucked my shirt under my boobs because I'm sweating so much. <laughs> the way she told it is so funny. The water had just been turned on and the tank was filling up on a cold fall night. I proceeded to laugh until I was crying and then showed them that their scary ghost was no more than a water heater demon. I still get a good laugh even now and don't let them live it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like crying. I'm laughing so hard. I know. Okay. My next story is a little hard for me to tell. When I was about 19, my mother got very sick and it was my responsibility to be watching over her. I got pulled out of school and had to miss a bunch of days and was already behind. So I wasn't too fond of that. And as any typical teenager, I was moody and didn't care. Fast forward a little bit. Turns out that we didn't know my mom was diabetic and she had a wound on her leg that wasn't healing. She was so scared that it was cancer, but she refused to go to the doctor to find out because she would have rather not know. She was a single mother and couldn't take the time off for it, so when she slipped into a diabetic coma, we didn't know what was wrong. I was there trying to help her move into the house one day, and the last words I can remember her telling me was, I can't move my legs. Oh my gosh. My older sister at the time was at work when I called her saying my mom has to go to the hospital. I know she doesn't want to, but she needs to, so her boyfriend lifted her up into the car and we all headed to the hospital. I told her I loved her. She muttered something and went to sleep. At the hospital, they gave her a shot to help her heart start pumping faster. They told us that her blood sugar was far too low and that she was in a diabetic coma. That with a new diet plan, she should be able to go home in a couple of days. I was given the option to go and see her, and I figured she would be fine, so I turned it down. There was an announcement over the intercom in the ER waiting room. My heart sank, and I knew that something was wrong. It turned out that... When they raised her heart rate, a blood clot ran into her heart and she died of cardiac arrest. Holy crap. Oh my God. I am so sorry. I'm so sad. That is a like worst right. nightmare. Because you don't expect that to happen ever. My family was devastated. My older sister, my brother, his fiance, and my mother's boyfriend all sat in a little room in tears. I stepped outside to call my grandmother, still in shock, not just not sure what had just happened. A few weeks later, I just stopped talking. I barely slept. I didn't eat. I was so convinced it was my fault that even if I that if I had done more, she would still be here. If I cared a little more, she would still be here. If I had just taken one moment not to be so mad because I had to miss out on graduating, that she would be here. That was a really dark time in my life. I turned to alcohol to numb the pain. Only being 19, I was drinking whatever I could. At one point, I got so desperate to not feel anything to drink a bottle of creme de menthe, a cooking alcohol. After a really bad day, I called it a night and even to my, and went to my room, passed out, and had a dream. In the dream, I'd been stressed out looking out for the title to my mom's truck. I couldn't find it anywhere. This was true also in real life. And then, there she was, sitting in the living room. I told her we couldn't find the title, and she smiled and said, Oh, it's behind the clock where I keep my checks. I had a duh moment, like of course it was there, and looked at her sad. I'm sorry you don't have to go. You can stay. This time I'll be better. I love you. I'm sorry. She looked at me. I can still remember the softness of her eyes, and she said, It's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. And then I woke up. At first, I was scared, and then I couldn't stop crying for the first time. In what seemed like decades, I didn't feel pain anymore. The burden that I carried thinking I had killed my mother was gone because she'd let me know that she didn't hold it against me and that it wasn't my fault and there was nothing anyone could have done at the hospital. She was either going to pass away from the diabetes or the blood clot. It was just her time. 
Since that night, I stopped drinking, got a job, and turned my life around. It still makes me cry now then now and then, thinking about the dream, but then I'm film, filled with a warmth and a smile. I know it's her saying, don't cry for me, be happy. Sorry for the feels. Thank you for the amazing podcast. I turn it on while I'm delivering pizzas late at night, and it makes the time go faster or scares the holy bejesus out of me. Both is a pretty good time. <laughs> Thank you again, Hakuna, Hakuna Matata, and I'll see you on the other side. Much love, Tater. Oh my gosh, Tater. And also I asked, and after that dream, they looked behind the clock, and the the uh, title to the car was there. Of course it right? was, because mom's still looking out for yeah. you and telling you where your misplaced items are. Yeah. Wow. Oh. What? That's like, we've talked about it before. There's nothing worse than losing a parent. So, yeah. Or a child. I can't imagine a harsher pain. Right. But it's also just so special when you get those moments of clarity or comfort right. from the person that you. And I think it's a common lost. theme that we've seen or read in emails that when people do have visitations from loved ones, there's almost this overwhelming sense of peace and calmness that come with it and a re- reassurance mm-hmm. of that of their loved one being happy and okay in the place that they are in now. And as sad as you might be, you get filled with a sense of calmness. But also the water heater story. Mm-hmm. I-, I know. I <laughs> the water heater. I can't. That's so funny. I'm just picturing the terror. I know. That her wife and brother had. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So funny. I just picture them huddled, like, in the very far corner of the room, like, shaking. And then when they find that wall with the six snails, and it's I know. like, what are you going to find behind the wall? Is it going to be a dead body? <laughs> Is it going to be a bunch of scratch marks? Like, what are you going right. to find? Or someone, a person, like, living in the wall. There are stories like Ew. that, you know? Oh, gross. I can't. Nope. <laughs> and all the suspense of, like, but it is crazy that he knocked three times, and right away a fourth knock came back right after, which I just think is I know such a scary coincidence. <laughs> The timing of that. Because <laughs> that would be like my confirmation. I'd be like, well, there yep, it is. I'm, I'm moving. Die. I'm never coming back in here again. Yeah. All right. What do you have next? Okay. This is from Heather. Okay. She writes, my paranormal experience happened in my childhood home. I was still very young when this all started around five or six, but it's, it is still as clear to me now as it was then. I would maybe feel less certain that what I had experienced was real had the rest of my siblings all older than me not experienced things as well. It started out the way most scary movies do, footsteps up and down the stairs at night, the front door opening and closing even though it had been locked, things that creep you out but aren't enough to convince your parents to move out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Our parents are always getting in the way of moving out. Don't put all your money into a haunted house. My older brother had just returned home from serving a church mission. Mission? Wow, I can't say that. We didn't have a bed set up for him quite yet, so he slept on the couch in the basement his first night. What happened to him that night is something he does not like to talk about. As he was closing his eyes, trying to fall asleep, he felt a dark presence consume the room. He opened his eyes. Sabrina, your face right now. (laughs) I'm holding my breath. Filled with joy, but also so scared. (laughs) He opened his eyes and immediately saw a dark greenish gray swirling cloud with a circular, almost glowing green ball in the center of it, 
floating a few feet from his head. He was paralyzed with fear and just stared as the mass reached and swirled closer Mm -hmm. to him. He was finally able to muster up enough courage to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. Within a matter of seconds, the swirling gray mass sucked (gasps) back up into the corner of the ceiling, almost as if it was being ripped from the home. Needless to say, he chose to stay at dad's house from then on. I believe he had that experience because he was so vulnerable at the time, having just finished a church mission and having done nothing but talk about religion and God for two years. That's interesting. Like, yeah, because he was all consumed with the church. Maybe it was almost like a challenge. Yeah, exactly. It was like, let's see if we can get guard down because he was like, oh, I'm filled with light and love. Like, I don't have to worry about these things. Oh, since I was still young, I shared a room with my older sister. The noises and footsteps were bad enough, but it was the dark figures that frightened me the most. Every so often, I would wake up and find three pitch black figures standing in the opening of my sliding (gasps) closet door. Red eyes staring at me. They were completely motionless figures, but I knew they were staring at just me, not my sister. As she never saw them. Wait, I wonder. That's really scary. That's so scary. But I wonder if had her sister seen them, would she have felt like they were only staring at her? Like, do these creatures make whoever is there feel like it's staring at just them? Targeted? Yeah. I bet. That's how you induce fear and gain power. I hate that. From the shape of them, it looked as though they were wearing cloaks. There was a tall one, a medium one, and a shorter one standing directly next to each other. They always just stood watching, and I would eventually fall asleep. Most nights, when I heard or saw something, I would crawl under my bed and sleep there. Strange, I know. But something about that felt safe and comfortable to me. One night, after seeing the figures, I hid under my bed to sleep and shortly after i woke to a noise oh i opened my eyes and i saw a young boy a few years older than me peeking no. under the bed at me <gasps> he had light blonde hair bright blue eyes and he had this light around him almost as if he was glowing i don't remember his exact words but it was something along the lines of it's okay don't be afraid just follow me he then motioned me to come out from under the bed i know what you're thinking don't follow him <laughs> As I crawled out, I saw him turn the corner out of my room. I followed him into the hallway and found him standing at my parents' room doorway before he disappeared. Even as I type this, I am getting goosebumps. Girl, me too. It was like he was telling me to go to my parents when I felt scared and everything would be fine. I didn't need to hide under my bed anymore. Shortly before my mom became pregnant with me, she had a stillborn son, Taylor. When I was really young, two or three, I would talk to him constantly. My mom had obviously never told me about him as she was still grieving his loss and didn't think I would understand at such a young age. I would tell her about heaven and how much fun Taylor and I had and how I missed him. I knew his name even though she had not told me. I like to believe that the boy I saw that night was Taylor. I know there was something dark in that home, something we still can't quite explain I could go on forever with all of the experiences we had, all equally terrifying. My parents never experienced anything, which to me shows that dark, that the dark presence slash entities were targeting us children. Yep. Wow. 
I don't know if it was something attached to the home or land or what, but I'm so grateful that we are no longer there. Yes. I haven't experienced much since then. Nothing to that level anyway, and I hope I never do. Thanks for reading, Heather. Wow. Oh my gosh. There's so much to like There's, pick apart in this one. I know. Because clearly there was something dark in the house that was trying to yes. target her specifically as the youngest. Right. But it also, I feel like it's connected to whatever that weird green like orbish mass was that was like sucked into the wall. And I picture it as a portal of sorts. Yeah. And I wonder if there's... It honestly reminds me of the haunted mansion. Like yes. the orb floating. Yes. But it also like That's makes really me think of like a too. weird like sw- spirally thing. Like, you know those... Um, what are they called? When you look at those pictures and you stare at the dot and they look like they're moving. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're like called. mind, something. I don't know. But it's really unsettling that it would just be sucked up like a vacuum right. into the ceiling. Like that it clearly was something bad. Yeah. <sighs> but like it's weird that that's how it works. Like does it come out of a portal and it gets sucked back into it? How long does that portal stay open? What else can come out of it when that thing comes out? I don't know. But maybe it doesn't matter what comes out because Taylor's there to protect oh. them. But I also think it's so cute. And also scary, I imagine, if she goes to sleep underneath the bed and her parents come in in the morning to try and find her, I would be so concerned. Thinking that your child's missing for a moment. Yeah. And it's also, I can't imagine going to bed underneath the bed and then it's kind of like, oh, it's almost the reverse of my fear of when you look over the bed, if something were underneath peeking out right. at you. But she was under the bed and some, something looked down at her. was leaning over peeking under at her that that part really scared me until i knew clearly taylor is a great guardian for the family right but the other thing too the way that i'm assuming that this boy was taylor yeah it sounds like especially because she he was a couple years two or three years older than her right so it makes sense that he was a young boy that was a little bit older than her at the time because like we've read in previous stories yeah the siblings that are lost oftentimes will grow grow up up still with their other siblings and stay on the same timeline so that's so fascinating i want answers (laughs) but it's also it's kind of more proof of what we've been discussing in this episode that your loved ones don't want to appear in a way that would spook you and clearly, Taylor, the way that she described this boy with the light yeah. and kind of gold surrounding him, he must have come off as very warm mm-hmm. and inviting. inviting and yeah. so it wasn't scary at all. I mean, if it was scary, she wouldn't have followed right. him. She would have stayed under the bed because yeah. that was her safe space at the time. And that's why we always say trust your instincts. I think there are energies or spirits that give off – sorry, there are spirits that give off certain energies and – we as humans can read that and Mm -hmm. just trust your instincts. And I think you'll follow the right spirit. Definitely. What are we ending on? This one is called one Ouija board, one open grave and one possessed car. (laughs) 
It's a lot. <laughs> Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. First of all, thank you for this podcast. It makes slow work days go much faster. I just listened to your Ouija board episode, and I have quite the story for both of you. As a forewarning, it is quite the wild ride. Are you ready? I'm ready. Buckle your seatbelts. Hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Click, click. <laughs> Seriously, if there's anything we learned from when we did the theme parks, don't don't stick your limbs outside of... Listen to the instructions because the deaths at amusement they parks They have those warnings for a reason. Okay. My paranormal story takes place in my hometown, northern Wisconsin. It was March of 2012 and I was a senior in high school. It was spring break, but none of my friends or I took a trip somewhere warm, so we were looking for anything fun to do while we were off of school. Around that time, one of the new paranormal activity movies came out, and a few of my friends went to see it. So one night, they decided it would be a good idea to use a Ouija board in one of the graveyards just outside the city. It's... <laughs> I mean, the next line in Asterix, it was not a good idea. Yeah, and also I'm shocked that their response to seeing paranormal activity was to go try to find paranormal activity. She says, me, an intellectual, said fuck that, but I agreed to come along. So here I am in the backseat of my friend's car driving out into the country into the country to one of the tiny graveyards that were just off the highway. To paint the scene a little better, the driveway to the graveyard was a U-shape, with the bottom of the U along the graveyard. And past the graveyard were woods and, a far- and farmland. In the middle of the U was more woods and then the highway. A.K.A. if we screamed, no one could hear us. Great. (laughs) In the car was me and and four of my girlfriends, and we planned on meeting a few of our guy friends there, who were coming by motorcycle. When we arrived, we parked the car and noticed the guys weren't there yet, so we decided to wait in the car until they came. It was so quiet and still outside that we we would easily be able to hear the guys coming from miles away by motorcycle. I was sitting right behind the driver, and my window, which was open, faced the graveyard. I was just looking around, and the first thing I noticed was that one of the graves closest to me was freshly dug, and there were four white poles in each corner of the grave with a white chain surrounding it, as well as a thin piece of wood covering the hole so animals or people wouldn't fall in. There was a streetlight directly above this grave, so the white poles and chain looked like they were glowing a bit, as if this wasn't already creepy enough. You know how sometimes your eyes play tricks on you and you think you see something moving out of the corner of your eye, but when you look directly at it, it isn't moving at all? Well, I thought I saw the chains moving a little, but told myself I was just seeing things. Then a few seconds later, I looked back and they were definitely swinging a little bit. I stuck my hand out of the car window to see if it was windy at all, but it wasn't. So I turned back to look at my friends in the back seat and said, do you see the chains moving too, or is it just me? When we all looked, when we all turned to look, the chains were violently shaking. It, no. it looked like the poles were going to pop out of the ground. Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? At least they were still in the car. Can you imagine I know, if you had out? to run, like sprint through the <sighs> cemetery? Mm-mm. My friend who was driving threw the car into drive and sped the fuck out of there. Hell no. When we got back on the highway, I called one of our guy friends to tell them not to go there because Satan himself was probably going to crawl out of that grave and drag them into the depths of hell and briefly explain what happened. (laughs) He said that him and the others just got there when they saw us speed away and to come back because it was fine. The chains weren't moving and Satan was not present. So we went back. Why? Anyway. Why? (laughs) Why though? Anyway, they did a Ouija board, which I refused to partake in. Very smart. 
and it was quite uneventful because someone was moving it around, so they gave up. So we got back into my friend's car and head back into the city. We had the radio on on playing music, and right when we got onto the highway, the station quickly cut out and changed to a different station, and all of a sudden, a man's voice came over, and it was yelling, The Lord will save you. Jesus is coming. Everyone just kind of looked at each other, and whoever was in the passenger seat switched it back to the original station. 30 seconds later, it did the same thing, and the same man was yelling, He will save you. The Lord our Christ is a savior. Naturally, we freaked the fuck out. This car was for sure possessed. We made it to my friend's driveway, got out of the car, and ran straight into her house. The rest of the night was quite uneventful, probably because we were trying to push everything that happened out of our minds. In the morning, my friend who drove us out there headed home. We all told her to text us when she got there just in case her car was actually possessed. She called us 15 minutes later, laughing her ass off. Apparently, when we booked it out of the graveyard, somebody... Apparently, when we booked it out of the graveyard, someone accidentally hit the seek button on the radio, which is why every 30 seconds, <laughs> it kept changing to the Jesus station. Still fucking creepy. <laughs> Bad timing for that. I know. A few days go by, and we're all at one of the guy's houses who we had met at the graveyard talking about what happened that night with the chains surrounding the open grave. Later on, I was in the kitchen alone with one of the guys, and he told me, plot twist, they were inside the grave the whole fucking time, and they were shaking the poles to scare us. What the what fuck? The hell? Who does that? The end. Anyway, even though this wasn't what? technically a paranormal story, it's still really crazy and quite hilarious. I have a few real paranormal stories that I will send another time. As a teaser, they are my experience living in the attic of a 150-year-old house that used to be a speakeasy and a crack house, my grandpa, who has passed, coming back, and my friends who moved into a house that used to be a funeral home. Their unit was where their bodies were bathed, hair done, makeup. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, Therese. What the heck? <laughs> I would be so mad so at mad. my friends. Yeah. It gave, like, that's a heart attack waiting to happen. It's so horrible. Also, where did they put their motorcycles? They must have, like, ditched them way back and then walked up to the grave that means they crawled into the hole that was dug for a dead body and that they were basically level with all the other dead bodies in the ground and clearly that one guy who told her that they had done it had like guilt and was like sorry i have to tell you he's the weakest link right but also like peer pressure don't give in to like your friend's stupid ideas I can understand doing it in the daylight, but right at night, it's just, that's worse. That's scarier. And then to go back and do a Ouija board when you think there was a ghost there. And also, I'm sorry, just thinking about real life, you're putting yourself at so much risk to hop down in a hole. Yeah. You know, if maybe you're going to have trouble getting out of that hole. What if the ground is too wet and it starts caving in on you what if a bad person comes through boom 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 you're all stuck in a plot easy hide your bodies yep it's already dug for them yeah made their job really easy wrong decision you guys yeah what if there was just one guy who couldn't get out and like the friends couldn't help carry him out and they just left him there and he just stay all night in the grave yeah that's or what if there was a ghost that held the the wood the board over, over them the... we've heard stories where that happened that happened in the conjuring the real life story of the conjuring they were in a group it was what happened in, oh my gosh what is happening to the screen what 
I don't know. I'm seeing it too. What's going I'm on? Scared. I'm scared. Why does this happen I'm, to us? I don't know, but I'm putting you against my thigh so it's black and we don't but see it's not black. here because I'm. What do you mean? My thigh? mine's like pink well, and green. Pink. No, sorry. This see, this is why we should stop co- talking about the Conjuring because I think there's something about. Okay, we're gonna stop talking about it because this is not cool. Yeah. And this would be. This reminds me of the time when I was in my room, which is where I am right now, my childhood room. <gasps> and I was Skyping with someone and they saw black mist come over me and I didn't see anything. Okay, well. And then we got disconnected. I didn't see a black mist. And and I look like this to you too, right? No, you're just frozen with your turban and your hair. Yeah, I'm a white lady. Okay, well, we're not going to talk about The Conjuring. <laughs> we will wrap this up. Oh, I see you again interesting as soon as we stop talking about the conjuring Hmm. the video comes back hmm very curious okay last thing i'll say about the two stories i picked the reason i picked them is because i think as many times as we hear ghost stories there are also a lot of these experiences where people think it's a ghost and it's actually something with an explanation and don't scare your friends because that's mean (laughs) just give hugs keep it light keep it fun peace and love much love don't participate either if other people are doing it it doesn't mean you have to do it too even though i feel like even if you're not if your hand's not on the ouija board and you're there something could happen to you that's true what i mean it's letting everything in could follow you home oops nothing paranormal i just dropped (laughs) the phone unless a ghost knocked the phone out of your hand well in this room it's possible have you experienced anything since you've been home? Um, no. That's good. I have not. Wait, my mom did tell me a story the other day. What did she say? I was telling someone the other day about how I just picture your home. Like, everyone walks in and your mom's at the kitchen with a big witch's pot and just stirring a brew. And it's like, dinner is ready, children. <laughs> oh, well, actually, so I haven't told on the podcast, I haven't told any of the stories about my premonitions and how I think I'm a witch. But um, my mom has had premonitions as well. One day I'll tell them. Yeah. But my mom has had premonitions as well. And she was saying, I was like, oh, I made you a witch. And she was like, no, I made you a witch. And I was like, mom, did you ever have premonitions before you were pregnant with me? And she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm pretty positive that the first premonition I ever had was while <gasps> I was pregnant with you. And I was like, see? So I did something. Okay. My mom, when she was pregnant with me, got cavities for the first time. So now I get cavities. And <laughs> they're pretty much the same thing, right? Same thing. Same, same thing. thing. Some people make their moms witches. Some people give their moms cavities. <laughs> <laughs> That's why everyone should have children. <laughs> it's like a surprise. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's like one of those like... um. Okay, well, if you guys have ghost stories of your own, please email us. Our email is twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and then we have our Patreon. So if you feel like supporting our podcast, please consider donating. And all of the funds we raise from Patreon is going to be put right back into our podcast and help make a better quality podcast and put out more things for you guys. And when you donate... You can choose different tiers and each tier has different bonuses and freebies and discounts and access to live Q&As. Yeah, and especially stuff. with merch coming out, you can get yeah. certain discounts on 
merch. Um, and then we also we also have social media. So if you are on social media, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and you can also like our Facebook page or join our Facebook group, yes. which I would highly suggest. And share our podcast with your friends and do that on social media. You can tweet about it. You can uh, mention us in Instagram stories or post about us on your Facebook page. If you mention us, we will see it and we will comment on you. We will interact with you guys. And we really appreciate it because it helps us grow as a podcast. Yes. Word of mouth is everything. So we need everyone who listens to go tell two people that don't listen. This is going to be a pyramid scheme. (laughs) We're creating it now. But you don't get a pink car out of it. So sorry. You just get more ghost stories. You get a car. You get a car. Oh, and then iTunes, please rate and review us. We are so close to a thousand. And like we said, with our merch coming out on Sunday, we will do a giveaway. I'm just going to keep giving things away, but you have to earn it. (laughs) Rate and review us once we get to a thousand. And once our merch is out, we will do a giveaway. I love free stuff. We know. It's lunchtime, so we got to go. We got to go. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. (laughs) No, we will. See you you on the other side. side.